0: You can just cut to the chase with fentanyl. That seems to cover it all. The problem is, is if you inhale it for too long, your heart stops and you die. And that's really what's going on out here.
1: I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to 5th Inmission. Mission. We're doing this episode a little differently today. Producer Karen Creighton and I went to the Tenderloin with Tom Wolfe, who was homeless and addicted to heroin in the neighborhood before entering rehab. Tom is offering walking tours of his old neighborhood now, and we took him up on the offer. He showed us where he used to buy drugs, where he used to sleep on the cement, and he shared his thoughts on what could help address San Francisco's drug crisis, the one that killed a shocking 468 people in the first eight months of this year.
0: So I just want to point this out right here, this this doorway right here to this parking garage is pretty much where I used to sleep when I was homeless most of the time, usually on a piece of cardboard. Sometimes I used to sleep a little further down the street, just right along the building here too, as well. But as you can see, it's, it's within eye shot of the drug dealing that's going on on the corner down the street. When I was homeless, I spent a total of two nights in a shelter. And I, didn't, I, I left the shelter after two nights, not because I was unsafe. I left the shelter because it was five blocks away from the drugs. It was too far for me to walk. And I figured, you know what? I need to be close to my drugs. So if it's okay, we'll cross here and then go up this side of Hyde. Yeah, uh, it's we'll a little you want. it's a little safer, just in general. And I just still know, I, it's been two and a half years, but I still know a lot of dealers over there, which is kind of ironic, isn't it, that two and a half years later, there's still the same guys out there selling drugs. And it's a lot worse than when I was out here two years ago. I mean, a lot worse. It was maybe two or three guys hanging out over there, and I was usually one of them, but now there's 20... 30 people all just hanging out. pretty much getting high. Yeah. Uh, Not doing much.
1: The Tenderloin is known in San Francisco as a rough-around-the-edges neighborhood with a bad reputation, home to much of the city's homelessness and drug use. While walking the streets, we saw people using drugs openly. Drug dealers gathered on corners and even witnessed undercover cops in the middle of an arrest. This neighborhood also houses many of the city's drug rehabilitation resources, which can sometimes make it more difficult for people to get clean given their close proximity to neighborhood drug dealers.
0: The irony is that right over there on Turk Street is the methadone clinic. So you have the methadone clinic within 20 feet of 10 drug dealers. So I know for a fact, because I used to walk to the methadone clinic with my friend every day, he would go take his methadone, get high with it, and then he'd come out here and he'd buy a dime of heroin and shoot up on top of that to double down. Now maybe that doesn't have to happen so much because of fentanyl. You can just cut to the chase with fentanyl. That seems to cover it all. The problem is, is if you inhale it for too long, your heart stops and you die. Unless someone's right there ready to narcan you. And that's really what's going on out here. So I was here on Saturday and it was actually worse than this. There were people literally just laid out in the middle of the street, holding a piece of foil, nodding out, right in the middle of the street. And look, I know this is the Tenderloin, it's a tough neighborhood, it always has been. But my point is, is that this is only going to spread to other communities in San Francisco unless we do something to mitigate some of the drug availability that's here on the street and really promote drug treatment in San Francisco. low technology promotion of drug treatment in san francisco will go a long way especially in this community because so many unhoused people don't have a a cell phone to access services right well you know you've seen all these advertisements and billboards about knowing overdose in san francisco but when's the last time you saw a billboard that was posted by the city that said need treatment go here why don't we start with that why don't we start with posting flyers everywhere why don't we start with posting signs that say no fentanyl sales allowed on this block. You will be prosecuted. Put it in English and in Spanish so that the dealers understand, you know? I mean, you can do things like that. Just basic little things like that will make a difference because it'll put them on notice that the government is actually taking note of what's going on. So we're not just virtue signaling, we're actually taking action.
1: Tom showed us a safe sleeping site with a sharps container outside, which he found problematic. Tom thinks sites where people can safely use drugs are just one small part of a larger system of care and rehabilitation that drug users need to get off the streets of San Francisco. He'd like to see far more treatment and far more public awareness about how to access it.
0: By them putting that there, you can argue one of two things with that sharps container. Then one, they're trying to help people use safely, or you can argue that the city is sanctioning drug use inside their safe sleeping site.
1: I asked Tom if he would support a safe injection site, an idea that's been approved by San Francisco supervisors.
0: I have mixed feelings about that. I mean, it comes with its own separate set of issues, right? And I know that, you know, people that support drug users, the drug users union here in San Francisco, et cetera, they're big proponents of that. Matt Haney supports it. I think at this point, anything helps. It's better than using on the street, so you might as well go somewhere safe to use. But if we're going to promote a safe injection site, let's also promote treatment. And I was asking your producer earlier today that does she know where to go to treatment in San Francisco if she needed help with drug treatment? Do you know where to go, Heather? Do you even know how to access treatment in San Francisco? So imagine if you're homeless on the street, struggling with addiction and mental health issues, and you don't have a phone and you don't have an ID. How are you going to get to treatment? You don't you end up in a place like this if you're lucky and you're still battling your addiction and all you have to do is walk out of here walk up the street buy what you need and come right back here and use
1: Tom is a controversial figure in San Francisco politics some progressives think he's too focused on abstinence and gives harm reduction efforts to use drugs more safely the brush off.
0: For me this isn't political this is a humanitarian crisis I don't care if you're progressive or just a moderate Democrat like me. This is not acceptable, how we're living in this neighborhood. And it's not just here. It's now south of Market. It's deep into the Mission now. It's in Hayes Valley. It's spilled over into the Marina and also into the Richmond district and all the way out to the beach.
1: Do you think that only the more uh, moderate or conservative for San Francisco people are asking to do your tour?
0: I think that it's I think I think it's maybe political ideology. I think maybe people think that the views that I have are not progressive enough around the issues of of street level drug dealing and drug use. And you know what? I don't care if they what they think about me, to be honest with you. I'm just out here telling the truth and I'm willing to put my boots on the ground and come back to the place where I used to sleep on the street and take these candidates around to hopefully try to open their eyes to what's really happening out here. There's something going on up here. You're
1: an asshole on Twitter, man.
0: Yeah, that's me. Uh huh. Who is that guy? I don't know. Some guy that doesn't agree with my point of view. So that's the thing, you know. That guy called me an asshole, you know. But uh, that's because I don't agree with. He doesn't agree with my narrative, right? But my narrative is what I see is the truth out here, what I experienced. And it's pretty hard to deny. The whole point of my advocacy is to start a conversation around this. Okay? Not, every, not everybody's going to agree. That's fine. You want to call me a name? That's fine. I don't care. You know, that's your right. But at least we're talking about it. And that's important. And, it, and I'm trying to reach out to a demographic of people that maybe had no idea that this was going on or just saw it as kind of a fleeting thing. But now with COVID, it's in your face. And we need to do something about it. We have an obligation to our city to try to do something about it.
1: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth Inmission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited chronicle access at sfchronicle.com/slash pod.
0: It's just ironic that we've done this tremendous response to keep people safe from COVID, but we're doing so little to keep people safe from the drugs that are out here on the street. Hey, do you
1: think response to COVID versus
0: the drug overdoses? One, I think a lot of people just don't understand addiction and what it does to you. I think that's part of the issue. And part of the issue is that from what I'm finding out on Twitter, people just didn't realize that there's such a huge drug crisis going on in San Francisco because it's always been kind of contained here in the South of Market and a little bit into the mission. But now it's spilling over everywhere and people are getting freaked out. Um, not from the unhoused people on the street, that shouldn't be what freaks them out, but the fact that they're hearing about people dying on the street, they're coming out of their house and someone OD'd and died in in front of their building or something like that. That would freak me out, you know?
1: San Francisco is housing some homeless people in hotels where they can shelter in place during the pandemic. Tom says they should use this opportunity to promote treatment in addition to offering clean drug paraphernalia.
0: I just wish that they had done more. They had an opportunity in these hotels, I think, to promote treatment, right? And instead, what they did is they basically went kind of with the bare minimum and offered harm reduction services, and, and uh, you know, clean needles, clean pipes, things like that, to help people use safely. But there wasn't a whole lot of effort to push people towards treatment, and I think that was a missed opportunity. There should be a blend, you know. Harm reduction and recovery can work together, and harm reduction is is a form of recovery, uh, in that originally the overarching goal of harm reduction, when someone went into treatment and used harm reduction to get over their addiction or to get past their addiction, was to move towards abstinence. But that's kind of been forgotten about a little bit. Now there just seems to be this general feeling of, well, we just want you to use safely, and use with dignity, uh, and, we respect you and go ahead and just use there on the street. But to be honest with you, when I was homeless and I was using, there's nothing dignified about that. And of course, we want to use people to use safely. We don't want people to overdose and die. Nobody wants that. But if all we're doing is letting them use safely while we're waiting around for housing that's going to take five years to build, yeah. what's going to happen in those five years when well, none of those people are going to be around to realize that housing? They're all going to be dead. That's the way I see it.
1: Tom has suggestions for how he thinks the city could better handle this crisis. One of those is what he calls incentivized treatment. His idea is to give people the option of completing six months of rehab, after which the city would guarantee them two years of transitional housing, complete with a case manager and services to get them back on their feet.
0: That's a meth pipe that guy's holding clearly spun out on that. He's barefoot, right? He's going to end up either dead, in jail, or in the hospital. Those are his three options right now. Those are his three options right now that he's on the street. Or he's going to just stay out here, but eventually it's going to catch up to him. Just like if I had stayed on the street, it would have eventually caught up to me. And with fentanyl again, I I keep coming back to that. People are literally just dropping dead all around us. You can't Narcan your way out of this crisis. And what I mean by that is that, you can give Narcan all you want to try to revive people, but what what does that do? That just keeps them from dying that time. But they're gonna go right back to using because they're addicted. They have an addiction problem. So they're gonna go right back to using fentanyl. And there's a good chance that you're not gonna be able to save them the next time. And so my point is, is that with the fact that we've had, we had 441 deaths last year out here, and the numbers gonna be more this year, It's clear that Narcan, although it saves lives, works for most people, it doesn't work for everybody. The only thing that we can do to help that Narcan work is to help reduce some of the availability of the drugs out here. It should be harder to get high and easier to get treatment in San Francisco. And right now it's easier to get high and harder to get treatment. We have it backwards. And we need to flip the script on that
1: Thank you to Tom Wolfe for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.